M A I N M U M U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for May 1st, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week we take a look at an in-depth comparison of the iPod Touch and the iPhone, courtesy of the Tech Doctor podcast. You can find that at www.dr-carter.com. That's www.dr-carter.com. And our thanks to Robert Carter and Jenny Axler for allowing us to broadcast this podcast. It's really quite interesting. I think you'll find it very uh, very insightful if you haven't already listened to it. Dr. Carter and Jenny take a look at the iPod Touch, the iPhone, and ask the question, does size matter? Does a bigger screen, when you're talking about a touchscreen device, make it easier or more difficult for a blind person? And uh, there are some very interesting discoveries as we listen to this podcast. On a personal note, I would like to thank everyone who has encouraged me over the past year of hosting and producing Main Menu. This is actually the one-year anniversary show for me. I've learned a lot. I've had a lot of fun, run into a few challenges, and have had a tremendous amount of help along the way. So thanks to everyone. And now, let's get right to the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Jenny Axler. And I'm Robert Carter. And I want to welcome you to the second Tech Doctor podcast, iPad versus iPod. Today, we're going to be asking the age-old question, does size matter? And that's an obvious question for the tech doctors to explore because there's been quite a bit of controversy about does a bigger screen really make a difference to a blind person? Of course, we know that sighted users of the iPad are all raving about the fabulous screen real estate the way web pages display so beautifully and movies stream so nicely. The question is, though, is an iPad something that a blind person really can take advantage of and say, this is better for me than an iPod Touch or an iPhone with a smaller screen? That's what we're going to try to explore this afternoon. And to do that, we're going to actually do a head-to-head comparison of the two. We will open several programs available on both units and explore what is on the screen of both the iPhone and the iPad. I have an iPad, and I'm using the Australian voice, Karen, so you'll be able to tell between them. And Robert has an iPhone and is using Nuance Samantha. One of the most obvious areas that the screen size probably will matter, or one would think it would, would be Safari. So we're actually going to start there. So we're each going to go to the Yahoo website, partially because it has a lot of stuff on it, so we can explore how the different layouts are on the different screens, and also because it is one of Apple's built-in bookmarks, so anyone who gets an iPad or iPhone can easily try this. So I'm going to tap the Safari icon on my home screen. Dog, Safari. And one thing to point out right away is that it said dock. The uh, iPhone does not let you know when you're in the dock, and the iPad does. That might be coming in a later OS for iPhone. I don't know. So I'm going to double tap that to open it. Safari, loading, Yahoo 7. 
Okay, and the page is up. At the very top, I have my back button. And if I move my finger down, you hear a little sound that lets me know I'm in a different section of the screen. So this is now the web page, and I'm running my finger down the left-hand side. Image text field. Cars, link. Courses, link. Finance, food, link. Local, link. Met, music, link. News, plus seven. Pr real estate, link. Shopping, sport, link. And this is just a whole huge line of links. Now, if I move my Guff finger cracks over, down on money laundering link. Two weeks after his new wife plunged to her death, Des Campbell proposed to his lover after a singles party. A court heard. <laughs> Exciting. Parents kicked to death. Man gets life. Photo. File photo. Link. Image. <laughs> nice wow, Yahoo's got some serious stuff there. <laughs> I know. I love that headline. Anyway, this is now in sort of the center of the screen. And what I'm doing, I'm actually going back up and I'm finding all of the headings of the various news items on Yahoo. Now, if I go back to the right, and again, I'm nearer the top. Welcome. I have the welcome screen. I'm scrolling back down. Volcano courses, airline chaos, heading, mail, link. And I just went a little bit too far and I ran into one of the headings, but I have mail and I have... Don't have Yahoo, mail. If I don't have Yahoo Mail or I can sign in to Don't my have mail, Yahoo Mail Mail Link Web Search button. I have the web search button. So basically I can see everything that there is in the layout that it is on the actual web page. So along the left hand side I have all that finance, sports, cars, all of the various categories that with a screen reader you usually see first. Then in the center I have all of the headings and then on the right side then I have mail and weather and all the various things on the Yahoo welcome screen. And I can actually interact with that the same way that a sighted person would. I can go directly to that part of the web page and touch any of those things and open them. So what you're saying is that you can really use the screen in a way that takes advantage of that extra space. Whereas I have a very small screen on my iPhone and in a minute we'll see how when I try to basically emulate what you just did how that works or what happens. Yes, it, it gives you the real layout where I think you'll find probably with the iPhone that it's going to be very limited. You can scroll right and left and up and down and of course you can flick and so can I. I could easily, if I went to the left-hand column again, Messenger link. And I went to this link, I can now flick Movies, music, news, plus seven, promotions, link. So I have the option of flicking through these things, or I can simply, like I said, run my finger up and down that list. So are you telling me that you could actually use the iPad as if it were a big iPhone or a big iPod Touch, and you could just flick the same way you do on the other devices if, if you wanted to. Right. If you want to, you can. But I think the point of having a larger screen, or at least it's supposed to be, is so that you can actually interact with the real layout. But you do have the option of doing it both ways. Yes. Okay. So given that I know you have both an iPod Touch and the iPad, would you rather flick or would you rather use this bigger screen real estate? I actually tend to do a combination on something like this. What I usually do in 
a situation like this is find the section that I want because sometimes it is still harder to find the specific item that you want. Even though the icons are bigger, sometimes it's still a little bit harder to centralize on something. So what I often do is find the section. Like if I want the news items, I would tap in the middle of the screen and get to one of those and then perhaps flick from there. That's Can you show us that? Can you go to the news section, for example? Okay. If I wanted to just read the various articles and I wanted to uh, know what I was looking for. News and features. Heading level two. There's news and features. There's the heading level. And I might flick from there to see what's underneath it. Friday, April 16th. Volcano courses airline chaos. Heading level three. Link. Yahoo 7 News. Campbell murder. Image. New widower proposed to girlfriend. Heading level three. Link. Yahoo 7 News. Parents kicked to death. Man gets life. Photo. File photo. Image. And as you can see, I'm now flicking through the items that we were going through before when I was just scrolling up and down. Is it fair to say that a real advantage potentially would be mostly found if you were using a screen that you were somewhat familiar with the layout? So if you knew where you wanted to go, that if you knew that news was in the center of the screen or that sports were at the left or that weather was at the bottom right, you could get there more quickly. But if you didn't really know the screen layout, you'd still have to hunt around for what you were looking for. Is, is that right? Or am I kind of... I, I actually think that you're exactly right. If you know, and I think that's where the advantage would come in, if there are certain websites that you visit often and that you interact with often, this will help because you will be able to go directly to a link or a section of the site that you're familiar with because you will know where to find it. If you are not familiar with the screen, then this could potentially be very difficult. But of course, you still have the flicking option that you do on on the iPhone. So you can get around it that way until you learn the layout, until you have explored it. Okay, well, if I may, let me ask you just one more question about that before I try to show Safari on the iPhone. And my question is, you you mentioned that the icons themselves are larger, so it's easier to locate them somehow. But I've never seen an iPad, and I suspect that probably a lot of our listeners have not seen an iPad. Maybe more of us are familiar with iPhones or iPod Touches. So I understand the idea of a larger icon, but what does that really mean in terms of touching something on the screen? Is, is the area that your finger goes over, is there a bigger area there representing the icon? Or what, what do you mean when you say the icons are larger? What does that mean to a blind person? That's exactly what I mean, that the area that the icon takes up is larger. So when you set your finger on top of it, you are more likely to hit it. When you're running your finger over smaller icons, it's very easy to go over smaller icons very, very quickly because you just move your finger a tiny little bit and you're on something else. Whereas this, because they're larger and take up more area, it's easier to centralize on them. For example, the iPhone is what? About two and a half by five. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I don't know the exact dimensions, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a quarter of the size or something. I think it's more like a sixth. Maybe a sixth of the size. I would say that it's like Two iPods tall by maybe three wide, or two okay. iPhones tall by maybe three wide. Okay, wow. so you have a lot more real estate, as you know. And the home screen allows you five rows of four in portrait mode or in landscape, four rows of five. Either way, you have 20 icons on the home screen. This is not including the dock. 
the little iPhone allows you 16 icons, excluding the dock. So you've got a lot more screen space to take 20 icons than you do um, on the iPhone to take 16. So, of course, there's just a lot more room to let those icons spread out a little bit. So on the iPhone, the icons are really crammed together, and they're very small in size. On the iPad, they're large and spread out. And so the question kind of becomes, is it easier for you as a blind person to deal with large and spread out or small and crammed together? And on the surface, you would think that large and spread out would be better. And yet, I don't know whether all of us would necessarily feel that way. Yeah, and I think that is actually very subjective because um, when I was first using this, it, it was a little bit disconcerting having all of that space and trying to find things within it. Whereas if you're just holding something in your hand, you have a lot less area to deal with and it, in some ways it could be easier to find things. So yes, it, it's a little bit easier to centralize on an icon once you do find it because it is a little bit larger, but you do have a lot more area to work with. So uh, there again, it is. It's a a very subjective thing. Okay, well, I think that it does help people, though, to get some realistic idea that these two devices handle their screen activity rather differently. And so let me go ahead and I don't think I'll be able to do it as well as you did, but let me go ahead and try going to the same Yahoo site on the iPhone. Safari. Double tap to open. Let's see what, how it works. Safari, link, image. Okay, I'm going to start at the top left of the page here. I'm just going to touch Address, M, the Yahoo. status com, bar. Question mark. TSRC and equals Yahoo and mobile underscore view underscore default equals true. Obviously, it's reading the address. I'm going to slide my finger link, down image. a little bit. Today, link. And I found a today link. Sliding down on the left a little more. American cities with sinking economies. Link. So I found a, another link, and I'm almost at the bottom of the screen now. Economic indicators in these metros have gone from bad to worse. With There's no sign another of link, link in the bottom left corner of the screen. If I go down a little bit further, I'll be at the dock. Back button. And reach my back button in the bottom left corner of the screen. Now, if I go back up to the address bar. Address. M. Yahoo. And move a little bit to the right. I don't find anything, and I'm almost all the way over to the right side of the screen. And I move down. Search, search, text field. And I found Double the search text field. And I'm just sliding my finger down the screen. American cities with sinking economies. Link. And now I found that same link, American cities with sinking economies, that I found on the left side of the screen. Economic indicators in these metros have gone from bad to worse. With no sign of recovery. Link. Now, I would be curious about something. If okay. You, if you go back up to your address bar and find something like the Today link and start flicking, I'm wondering if you're actually missing stuff. And I actually don't mean that as, as a criticism. What I mean is that it's just easy to do and that the layout just isn't as nice or as conducive to finding things. So you're really not casting aspersions on my <laughs> no. iPhone navigational technique. You wonder <laughs> if it's just operating differently. Yes. Address. Link. Image. Today. Link. Okay, I'm on the today link. My favorites. Link. All sites. 
and I'm flicking to just flicking my finger to the right. Mm-hmm. Search everything. Web button image button local button news button Wikipedia. Button, so box. really, double my toggle setting take on it is that using the iPhone, you can do very little just by touching on different parts of the screen. You can get very little out of this Yahoo page. If you don't flick, you miss 90% of what's there. It appears so. With the iPad, on the other hand, you were able to get quite a bit of information just by touching different parts of the screen. I think that's a significant difference. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just that the layout is a lot clearer and easier to understand. And I'm not really sure what's going on on the iPhone screen, which I would guess that you're not either. You know, there again, that that's no criticism. I think that's probably a, a general way of things a lot of times, especially on web pages, because they're so huge and you're seeing a little piece of it. And you can scroll to the right, of course, and you can scroll down and get various different screens. But it's really hard because you're getting one little piece screen dim. to really know where you are, and and what's available. Yes, but speaking as someone who doesn't know anything about the iPad from an experiential standpoint, that makes me think, wow, I really like my iPhone because I'm comfortable knowing that I can keep flicking and find everything on the page. And so I don't know that I necessarily want to hunt around on the screen, even on an iPad, because that seems kind of unreliable. Well, there again, I think it depends. If it's something that you're familiar with and, and you get used to it, it's definitely a different interface, and it takes some getting used to, and I think some people will love it. Um, so what you're telling me is don't get too quick to think of it as good or bad, right or wrong. It's just different. Yeah, it's just different. I do think that familiarity really increases use on a larger screen. Now, I will say that I don't like the App Store. I think the App Store on the iPad gives you way too much information. You have this nice little spotlight thing that it shows you spotlighted apps. When you look at the categories, you have samples of the various apps in the categories. And I don't actually want to see all that. When you go to the app store on the iPhone, you get the categories and it just says games, news, etc. And you can double click it. And then uh, you get a very nice little list and you can you have two little buttons at the top that say top paid or top free. You choose one of those and you just have your little list. The screen on the iPad is not nearly as simple. So when I'm looking for something specific, I don't want to have to deal with that. You're right. And, uh, you Would know, you mind in. showing us the, a little bit about the app store on the sure. iPad? Sure. Let me close up Safari here. Home. Okay, and I'll Safari. go to the app store. iTunes. App store. Two new items. And it tells me I have two new updates, which I'm not going to deal with right now. And I'm opening the app store. App store. Categories. Back button. Okay, it said categories back button. I'm actually going to go back so that I do get to the category list. So I'm going to double tap that. Categories, heading. Choose a category, heading. All right, now it wants me to choose a category. Now if I run my finger down the left-hand side of the screen. Stop finance, link, power one financial calculator, link. See, that gives you finance and then it gives me a sample application in there. Expense tablet for iPad, link. And another sample. Expense tablet for iPad. Link. Healthcare okay, and fitness. Be- link. Before you actually do anything there, mm-hmm. if you go back up to the top and instead of running your finger down the screen, if you start flicking, what happens? Oh, 
I get books, everything. Link. All right, we're at books. This is the top thing in the categories list. So I will start to flick. Alice for the iPad, link. The Elements, a visual exploration, link. Jack and the Beanstalk Children's Interactive Storybook, link. Business, link. Image, business, link. Air sharing, Okay, so you, you're getting PDF all the books, is that? IPad, PDF viewer, attachment saver, file manager, link. So you're I got getting a, more than books. <clears throat> yes. Once I went to business, I went to books was the first thing. So there no, wasn't, wasn't very much there or, or is that representative of what's really there in books or do you know? No, 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 no. Basically what it's giving me is um, some sample things that are available in the store. So actually so it's like the iTunes store. Um, it's not just the books category actually contains books. When I go to business that contains applications and that's where so I was. It was giving me a PDF viewer and so it gives you three samples. For each of the categories, you get three samples. Whereas, okay, so there's just samples that Apple picked as being attractive that they thought people would like to know about. Right, right. And if you do the same thing on the iPhone and you flick, you're just going to get the list of categories. You're not going to get all that stuff. Well, shall I try that just sure. so we can Absolutely. see? Home. Safari. Double tap to open. iTunes. Page one of three. iTunes. App Store. Double tap to open. App Store. Loading. Updates. Okay, I, I came into the App Store in the Updates section. Featured. Button. So. Categories. Button. I've got Features and Categories. I'm going to go to Categories. There you go. Categories. Categories. And now I'm on the, hopefully on Categories. Games. And I've got. Entertainment. The different categories, games and entertainment. Utilities. Utilities. Entertainment. So forth. But you haven't actually gone into one of these. But no. I don't get any of the summary information that you get. No, no, nothing. I, Utilities. If, if I go Social to... Photogene for iPad, link. Whoops. Photography, link, image. So if I go to a category like photography and I keep flipping... Photography, art studio for kaleidoscope, photogene for productivity, productivity, link. And now I'm at productivity. Pages, good reader for keynote, reference, reference, link. World Atlas HD, link. Wordbook Excel English Dictionary and Thesaurus for iPad, link. So I have two things. First of all, I have the link and I have an image for each link. So you see, you hear it twice. You hear reference image link and then you hear reference link. And then you hear three samples of applications. So I have to go through five things for each category where you just go through one. And I have yes. to admit... I know what's in the reference section. I know what's in the photography section. I do not want the samples. <laughs> I actually just want a list. So it's really nice, I'm sure, for people who can see it. And I'm sure that, that some people who can't might even enjoy having those samples. I'm not saying that they wouldn't. And what this looks like, just so that, that people know, is I have two columns. Actually, I have one on the left and one that starts in the middle of the category lists with uh, the samples next to them and underneath them. So that's what I have. Whereas Robert now can just flick through the category list and go to them. And there again, this is very subjective. If you actually want all of that extra information, then great, you have it. And you can interact with this and see the things in the columns the way that anyone else would. Now, let me actually open a category because that is also another entity. Oh, please. I thought you'd weather never station, get there. Weather.com. Weather HD. Link. Weather. Link. Okay. We'll go into the weather category. Weather. Link. Choose a category. Back button. Okay. So now I have the back button. And what I have here... Um, Choose a category. Back button. There's my back button. MZL. We'll have 233x233-65. JPG. Image. 
This is a lovely thing called Spotlight, and it takes up almost the top half of the screen in its various images, I'm assuming, of applications. But to be honest with you, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm sure that someone <laughs> more knowledgeable good. than me could could tell you. But if if someone just grabs the iPad and tries to do this, this is not going to be obvious. But and isn't one of the real selling points of the iPad, it's supposed to be the thing that you can just grab and use? <laughs> well, true. And I'm sure that for someone who could see this, this would be very obvious. But for yes, us... Yes, but don't you think for <laughs> even for a blind person, the goal should be that it should be the same way. We should just be able to grab it and use it. I have to admit, I'm not as critical sometimes because I'm, I'm not used to having things. But you're right. As accessible as these devices have been, you're right. This should be a little bit clearer to us, and it really isn't. So, yes, this is on the top half of the screen. And then the other thing that you don't get, if you open a category, you will see, like I said, the top paid and the top free buttons at the top. And you don't get that. You get sort options, which is a little pop-up or combo box. And you can choose to sort it by uh, featured, by name, or by release date. But you can't easily sort through through the free apps. So I have to say that I don't know if this is iPhone 3.2 or, you know, so what I don't know is when we get to iPhone 4.0 for iPhones, if it's going to look more like this, I really have no idea. But this is definitely a difference right now. You've got everything all mixed up together. And um, like I said, you have half of this screen taken up with the spotlight. And it's just, it's not as easy to find things. I don't think. Well, in all fairness, this is version one, and we can expect adjustments to be made in accessibility as time goes by. And also, in the interest of fairness, you do have more information there than I do. And as you said earlier, if someone wants more information, you might find working with the App Store on the iPad very appealing. Right. And as I explained too, we have this spotlight thing, but what I can easily do then is touch something lower down with a link. And I can actually then flick. Zero dollars with a pad, link with a pad, four stars, released April 1st with a link, one dollar and 99 cents button. Link. So then I'm actually flicking backwards because I didn't, I knew I wasn't at the top of the list, but... Mm-hmm. I can, you know, get to the lower part of the screen and then flick around and get to the list of applications the same way that you would. So it's not impossible. But yeah, you you definitely get more stuff. And some of it isn't exactly knowable for us. Okay. Well, that's really great information to have because I had no idea that the App Store was that different on the two devices. But it is very different. Yes, it is. I mean, at least with Safari, it seemed to me like we might go about it different ways, but we were able to access the same information. Right, right. We have more information on this screen, but you have an easier sorting time. I think it's it's a little bit clearer what you are looking at. I don't know if it was designed new somehow or there's some new interface that's there specifically for the iPad. I'm guessing, of course, they would arrange it differently because they've got so much more screen to work with. And it would have to be very compressed and compact on the iPhone. Otherwise, people would, you know, drive themselves crazy trying to scroll from screen to screen. Absolutely. And the iBook store, incidentally, looks very much the same way. When you go into a category, you have new and notable, and you have the free books that are available. And that isn't available everywhere. But like, for example, in the classics, you have a lot of free books available. And then, of course, you have the paid books. And you see a little bit of each. You see samples of each. And you can actually go into a list of just the free ones. But it's not 
as easy to get. I'm wondering if you could, while you're speaking of iBooks, show us quickly what it's like to read an iBook with the iPad, because none of us have ever seen that before. We don't have that feature on the iPhone. Absolutely. Let me close up the App Store. App Store, YouTube, iBooks. All right, and we'll go to iBooks. iBooks, store, button. And the first thing it gives you is the store button. And when you're in the store, you actually have the library button available there. But I'm actually in my library. You have two options. First of all, you can put it in grid view or in list view. And grid view looks a lot like your applications where you have icons for each book, or I assume they are book covers. I don't know what they look like exactly, um, that are in a grid. Or you can do a list where you just simply can run your finger up and down among them. And that's what I have. So I'll start at the top. Search books, search field. There's the search books if you want to do that. And I'm going to go down. Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Mark Twain, Fiction and Literature. Okay, if I scroll down. The Adventures, Anderson's Fairy Tales, Hans Christian Anderson, The Call of the Wild, Jack London, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, Mark Grimm's Fairy Tale, Frankenstein. So I'm basically just running my finger down. Of course, I can flick, but this is very easy to do just to run your finger up and down. Um, they're very separate and it's very easy to find what you're looking for and it's very quick at the very bottom just above the home button you have sort options bookshelf one of four button. okay you have four sort options you can put it in bookshelf view which i think just changes the way it looks because it doesn't change anything for me titles two of four selected button. then you have titles and that is what is currently selected so i'm seeing the books Category. by title authors three of four button i can also sort it by authors nice categories Four of four, button. Or categories. Now, I'll just do authors real quick. Authors, three of four, button. Okay, I'm going to select authors. Authors, three of four, selected. Now, it has totally changed. The view is the same. Everything's still in a list, but you'll notice when I do this. Uh, a, Hans Christian Andersen, Andersen's Fairy Tales, Fiction and Literature. Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. Jane Austen, Sense and Sensibility. James, Ma James Fenimore Cooper, The Last of the Mohicans, Fiction and Literature. Wilhelm Grimm and Jacob Grimm. Grimm's Fairy Tales, Jack London, The Call of the Wild, Fiction and Literature. So everything now is organized by author, which is really nice. So I will actually open the Winnie the Pooh book. When you download iBooks for free, you get Winnie the Pooh. So these other books, books that you're showing field. us are books that you've downloaded. Yes, I have been to the iBook store and they have a lot of classics available for free. So I have actually taken advantage of that and downloaded several. PM. It sounds like maybe a lot of those books are from the Gutenberg collection. Yes, I'm not sure how many, but it, I, it sounds to me like several thousand are supposed to be available from the Gutenberg collection. So a lot this of them is are public domain type books is the reason they can be free. But there there's some excellent books there. I mean, it's very exciting that's, that this library is available in this very accessible format that you've just shown us here. Yes, it is very exciting. And everyone should read the classics. I'm a, I'm a definite lover of the classics. I agree. Uh, a, Show us Mil, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, fiction. Okay, here we go. Uh, a, Mill, Winnie the Pooh, fiction. Library, button. Okay, and I have my library button. Now, if I, I'm just going to tap on the center of the screen to get myself in the first page of this book. Winnie the Pooh stands on a tree limb looking at a door in the tree trunk. Image. This is the cover. I'm going to do a three-fingered swipe to get past the table of contents. I might have to do several until we actually get to the beginning of this book. So I'm going to swipe to the left. Page four. 
Winnie the Pooh, uh, A, Mill Heading Level 2. Page 5. Dutton Children's Books A Division of, Page 6. Children's Books Winnie the Pooh Copyright Copy, Page 7. To her, hand in hand we come Christopher Robin and I to lay this book in your lap, say you're surprised, say you like it, say it's just what you wanted, because it's yours, because we love you. Winnie the Pooh stares at a bath mat and scratches his head. <laughs> Don't you love it? I'm now going to do a two-fingered flick downward. And what this will do is read this page over and then it will continue to read the subsequent pages and you'll hear the pages turn. To her, hand in hand we come Christopher Robin and I to lay this book in your lap, say you're surprised, say you like it, say it's just what you wanted, because it's yours, because we love you. Winnie the Pooh stares at a bath mat and scratches his head. Page 8. Introduction. If you have NTO have read another book about Christopher Robin, you may remember that he once had a swan, or the swan had Christopher Robin. I don't know which. So that's really awesome because you can just sit back and let it read and it'll even change the page for you and just keep going. Yep. And to stop it, you just do a two-fingered tap and that stops the reading. Just like you normally would stop speech with most of the applications, it sounds like. Right. Yes. And does it remember your place when you come back to the book? It does, yes. If I closed it up and, and went back, it would start me on page nine. So that's really nice for people who don't have to worry about setting bookmarks or remembering where you were before. It's all built in so that it just works like that. Yes, yes. So this I is guess the only downside, application. you know, in a way is you have to decide whether you're okay with the Karen speech or the Samantha speech, if you use the uh, American voice, as your narrator, as your reader, because that's how all these books are going to be read. Yes, I think you get Karen, Samantha, or Emily. If you, if you want to set it to British, you can get um, British Emily. You don't have much option as to narrator, but then you don't really have much option on the stream or the book sense either. You usually get one or two voices, and that's what you have. Exactly. Well, thank you for showing us the book reader. I, to me, that's one of the things that is most exciting and exhilarating about the iPad is the iBook store and the book reader. Although we should point out that it's going to be coming this summer to the iPhone as well and the iPod Touch. That's correct. And if you're going to read it with speech, I'm not sure there again that the screen size is necessarily a factor for you. For sighted people, it obviously is. If you look at it in landscape mode, it actually looks like a book, and you can see the pages turning. It's it's very cool. Um, of course. I've also heard that when you go into the bookstore, the uh, bookshelf actually swings open and it, like reveals a secret passage. So it's very yes. cool. The animations are very heard cool. that too, yes. But, uh, yes, and I don't know yet whether it will matter as far as the screen, you know, here we are back again to the old question, does size matter? Mm -hmm. Screen size, of course. <laughs> and that's really unknown because none of us have seen uh, the iBook store work with the iPhone yet. But it sounds more than likely like it's not going to matter so much. You're just going to flick down to get it to read continuously and it's probably just going to keep going and it doesn't really matter so much to a blind person how much does or doesn't fit on the screen at that point. Right. If you have low vision or if you have LD, this is just fabulous. 
because you can both see it and hear it. So, you know, I can really see where this would be a great thing. But for someone who has has vision that's not all that usable or is totally blind, I'm not sure that screen size would make much of a difference here. But right now, it is the only device that has the iBooks application. So if it's something that you just must have, then, well, then you've got to have an iPad. Yeah. And honestly, the thing that is very likely to happen is the iBook store is likely to grow by leaps and bounds because Apple has made deals with all these publishers. And I'm just imagining that very soon there will be not only these fiction books, but there will be textbooks and research materials and just about anything you can imagine. I have a son who's going to be going off to college in a couple of years, and I just imagine that he'll get his textbooks on an iPad. I don't know that for sure, but it sure seems like we're heading in that direction. So this is very exciting. Right now, when you look at a textbook, you have figures, you have pictures. They're now talking about, you know, interactive media where they might put video in a book or something. I think it really opens up the possibilities. But the other thing that it really opens up the possibilities for is accessibility, because we are going to have something that is in the mainstream. So this is going to have the newest stuff that's available because it has such a wide market. It's going to have a wide availability, a wide variety of things, I think. So, and they're all going to be accessible. And especially this coupled with something like Blio, I mean, it just really opens up the information world for us, I think. I'm sure we'll be podcasting about Blio when it comes along. Yes, I'm and, sure we will. But, you know, the thing is, we're so accustomed as people who are blind to waiting for six months or a year for a book to get produced in a format that we can work with. That's no longer going to be the case with the iPad and the iPhone and the iBook store. They're going to be available the moment the publisher releases them for all of us. And that's just so exciting to me. I, I was an English major as a, as a college student and, you know, I just almost salivate when I see all these <laughs> fabulous books coming my way. I'm very excited about it. I did okay. see a warning in the manual that said all books may not work with voiceover. So you were talking about um, publishing and stuff. So it does give you that little caveat that everything may not work. So I don't know that everything that's released will be accessible, but I think the majority of things will be. Well, I'm really glad you made that point, and it really makes me anxious to hear you say that because I know there's been such a controversy over making books read accessibly on the Kindle. Mm -hmm. And so my real fear is will publishers or authors somehow work a deal where some of their books they'll refuse to allow voiceover to be active when you read their books, and I really hope not. I hope what they mean is there may be some books that are just mostly illustrations or graphics or maps or something mm -hmm. that voiceover can't read. I hope that's what they mean, but that is a scary statement, and I'm glad you mentioned it because it's critically important. Yes. The um, problem is we don't know what it means yet. No, we don't know what it means. And I haven't, of course, I've just looked at the classics, so I haven't come across anything so far that isn't, isn't accessible. But there again, you know, I haven't explored that much either. I don't see how we could do a Tech Doctor podcast without getting a little bit geeky, which I'm always proud to get geeky when I can. Do you think we could talk a little bit about the settings on the iPad and how maybe they're similar or different from what's on the iPhone? Absolutely. Let me close up iBooks. Home. iBooks. 
And let's go to settings. And this definitely is different. And I have to say, this is one of the areas that I actually think this larger screen helps. Settings. And I'm opening this. Settings. Up. All right. Okay. Now, what I have is a column on the left that lists all the various settings. Pick, picture frame. Button. General. Selected. Button. As I scroll over general, it tells me that this is the one that is selected, which will be important here in a moment. Mail. Contacts. Calendars. Button. Safari. Button. iPod. Button. Video. But photos. Store. Button. So basically all I'm doing is scrolling my finger down the left side of my screen. Now, remember that it said general selected. So if I move to the right. Network. Button. The general settings options are here to the right. Bluetooth, location, auto lock, path restrictions, home, date and time, keyboard, access, battery percentage. So I can see them all, everything. So for those of us who are iPhone and iFi Touch users, you're not actually flicking no. to get to those general options. No, and um, as you know, you have to open up general, and then you can't even get to, at least on the first screen, to things like accessibility, because it's way far down, so you actually have to go to the second page or continue to flick till you get down there. This is actually all on one screen. I'm still on one screen. And the other thing that's really cool about this iPod button. is if I do this, if I select the iPod button on the left side of the screen iPod selected. Now it says it's selected, and if I go back to the right, volume limit, EQ, sound check. I so have those are all, all your iPod the, settings. Right, those are How on the cool right. Is that? Yes. Yeah. So you do not have to go in a screen and then back out. If I want to go back to general, I can just simply select it again on the left. It's very cool. So let's actually make your accessibility example concrete because all of us have to go there on whatever device we're on. So if you were to go back to general, could you fairly general, quickly button. locate accessibility? Uh, yes. Hold on. Mail, contact, safari, gen, picture frame, general, button, general, selected. Okay, I know that it's near the bottom, so... Battery percentage, battery accessibility. There button. it is. All right, so you got there very quickly just within a, a couple of jumps. Mm -hmm. and. Let me show you what it would take to get there on the iPhone. Okay. I'm going to go back to the home screen. Home. Messages. Three new items. And. Page one of three. Settings. I'm going to go to Double settings. Double tap to open. Double tap on it. Settings. And now I'm going to flick because that's the best thing for me to do on the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Airplane mode. Airplane mode. Wi-Fi. Notification. Sounds. Brightness. Wallpaper. General. Button. I had to go all the way down there to get to general. Double tap general. on that. Settings. Button. Now, for me to get down to accessibility, I don't think I can go there the way that you did by touching near the bottom right of the screen. If I do that... Passcode lock. Off. Button. Auto lock. Never. Button. I get into auto the auto lock area. So I really have to kind of... Restrict flick home. down Date and time. keyboard international accessibility reset but accessibility button to get to it right. so i was able to get there a bit quicker by choosing a point later on down the screen but not nearly as quick as you were because i don't have the screen real estate to work with right and you could have also done a scroll to get to the second page quickly and gone there because you know that it's not on the first page i could have scrolled up the page yes that would have been another possibility but point is, 
I have to do a bit more maneuvering around to get there than you did. Right. You have to do a bit more maneuvering around. And for someone who is new to it, and as you know, I called you. Remember this? When I first actually got my iPod Touch, I called you because I'm like, I don't know where it is. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Because I wasn't flicking. And I, I was just, you know, moving around on the screen and I didn't see it on the first page. And so it can be a little bit disconcerting when you can't find something and it's not right there and you're just not sure. And you know, here it was so far down that I needed to either go to a, another page or continue to, to flick down. Whereas here, you don't have so much guesswork because it's all right there in front of you. Well, I think what I liked so much about what you showed us on the iPad is the fact that you can pretty quickly, it sounds like, go down the left side and find the category of setting or the device component that you want to change the settings for, uh -huh. like the iPod or Safari settings or some other uh, app that you have installed that has a, a series of settings with it, you could quickly locate that and get right to it without having to maneuver around a whole lot. Right. You know, I just went up and down, but there again, you're, right. you're going to learn where things are. And so you're going to be able to know, okay, you know, my, my Skype is near the bottom of the left side. So it's going to be pretty easy to find things. That's true. Is there anything else in settings that you can think of that you want to show us? No, I think that's pretty much it. Well, how about showing us, do you, you want to show us the music app then briefly, and then we'll go into keyboard entry, and then we'll probably wrap That'll it up it. for this time. Let me close up settings. Home. Settings. All right. I love and how Karen says home. home. <laughs> she sounds so proper, doesn't she? <laughs> My iPod application is in the dock, so. Dock, iPod. And there it is, so I'll double tap to open. iPod volume, 88%, adjustable. This is very different and very cool. Um, I really, really love the way that they do this because it saves you a lot of time. I have a horizontal line of icons across the top. Volume, 88%, adjusted, previous track, play, but next track, search, text, track position, one minute, 28 seconds, adjustable. I have a library list on the side. Library, music, selected, podcasts. Audiobooks, 90s music, classical music, music videos, my top rated, recently added, recently played, now playing, The Beatles, Love Me Do, The Beatles 1, button, add playlist, button. So you have some playlists, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. uh, but Those are also, playlists that are built in to, to the iPad. It has and, the built-in playlist, but it also lists podcasts and audiobooks, things that on the iPhone you actually have to go to another screen for. Um, so it has those things. That's very nice. If I go to the very bottom, I have... Genius button. All the things that you normally have, except I have more of them. Songs button. Artists selected. Albums button. Genres button. Composers, button. Normally, you have to go to another screen to get to albums, podcasts, audiobooks, genres, and composers. All those things are on a second screen on iPhone. You have access to them here in these different views. You probably noticed as I went by artists that it said artists selected. So now I have a different view. This is next to the library view. I have the library view on the left, which has your, your list of podcasts, audiobooks, playlists, all those various things in it. Now, if I go to the right, I have my lists of artists. America, one album, capital B, heading. The Beatles, three, the Beatles, two albums, 34 songs. And Beatles, it tells me three albums, five songs. Beatles, one album, one song. 
Bill Anderson, Brad Paisley, Little Jimmy Dickens, New Kung Pao Buckaroos, Vince Gill, Whispering Bill Anderson, One Album, One Song. So basically, I get the information, how many albums, how many songs, etc., and I can select any one of those. Boston, One Album, Bob Sedger and the Silver, Billy Joel, Six Albums, 26 Songs. All right, we'll go with Billy Joel. <laughs> I knew it. For anyone who knows Jenny, don't be surprised that she's in the Billy Joel artist, because I've seen her demonstrate Billy Joel <laughs> many times before. All right, now, if I look at this. One, leave a tender moment alone. Three, 55. Okay, so I have a list of each track and its duration, and it lists them by album. So it'll go one, two, three, and as I continue down, it'll start over with one, two, three, four, because that's a different album. There's another cool feature um, of voiceover that actually applies here as well. When the screen is divided into specific sections, as is this one, we now have a four-fingered swipe available that will take us from section to section. VoiceOver also plays a little sound when you navigate into a section, either by tapping around or by moving with the four-fingered swipe. For example, I'm now in the song list, and if I press something in the library section, Library, my top rated. If I scroll down, Recently added. You just hear the normal click, but if I move back over to the song list, One. Keeping the faith, 438. You hear that little sound again. Now I'll do a four-fingered swipe to the left. 52nd Street. Artists, back button, library, music, select, volume, 88%, adjustable. Library, music, selected, volume, 88%, adjustable. So I'm moving among the various sections using left and right four-fingered swipes. Where it says volume, that is where we have the volume and the play and stop and track position. Library, music, selected. There we have the music, podcasts, audiobooks, etc. And again, I just forefingered to the right. Artists, back button. And now I have artists back button. Now this is the top of the list of songs. And that's where my back button is if I want to go back to the artists. I'm in the list of Billy Joel's songs. So if I want to go back, it's right there. And of course, I could then start flicking through them. And if I forefinger to the right again. 52nd Street. That's an album. Add playlist button. And now we're to the bottom. And the bottom has the ad playlist. It has the genius. It has. It actually has a now playing section, which will show you what's playing. And then it has all your various things. Your genius, genres, composers, songs, artists, all of that stuff is along the bottom. It's almost like the screen could be thought of as being divided into panes. Yes. And you're jumping from one pane to another. That is exactly it. It works the same way in email. If you're in landscape mode, you have your messages on the left and the selected message, you have the text of it on the right. And you can do the same very thing. You can do a four-fingered swipe to the left to get you back to your inbox or wherever your list of messages is, and you can do a four-fingered swipe to the right to get you back to the text of the selected message. So yes, it's switching between panes. That's exactly correct. Yeah, that's very nice. And I think it's analogous to what we were talking about earlier, and in some sense about just the larger screen real estate gives you more capability. If you know where you want to go for getting there more quickly. You don't have to do nearly too much maneuvering as you do on the iPhone. I'm very familiar with the iPod app on the iPhone. And, and most of the things that you showed us, you can get to on the iPhone, but you may have to change pages or change screens a few times to get there. And some of them aren't there at all. But I'd say 95% of what you showed us is, is available. It's just different. 
Yeah. The other cool thing, too, is that if you play a song, if you close and go to another application, when you reopen the music player, you are in this screen instead of in your album art screen. And the iPhone, you're in your album art screen. So if you want to go back to your artists or playlist or songs, you actually have to go back a screen. Then you have to choose that and you open another screen. And so right. this, it, it automatically opens and you can just quickly choose another playlist, another category, whatever you want. And you don't have to you know, go back and forth among various screens. It's just right there. It sounds like it's a situation where a person would probably have to spend a few days really getting accustomed to and comfortable with the iPod on the iPad. But <laughs> once you got there, you would really have a very nice music player. Yeah. I guess the only thing is, do you want a music player that's that huge? <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. Does screen size matter? We're still wondering. You know, we're still trying to figure that out. So it matters for interface, but what about portability? That's the other thing. You can't put the iPad in your pocket. No, you can't. And so, you know, and you can't really exercise with it. It does lose some of its appeal as a as a portable device. I think so. I really think a lot of it is a matter of whether you want something on a desk or your lap or something in your hand. iPod. Double tap to open. I'm going to open the iPod on the iPhone. And of course, I'm iPod. a huge an iPhone. Episode 81. podcast fan. So my iPhone opened up inside a podcast, which I was listening Playtext. to. Email 30 second track. And one so of I'll have to get out of that. Back. This week in iPhone. Episode 81. Back. Button. Back. Podcasts. Button. And now I'm in a list of podcasts, actually. Get more episodes. Um, which now playing is interesting this week in because iPhone. you were talking about how to get to things like podcasts and audiobooks, you have to go to a different screen on the iPhone, and it's right there available to you on the iPad. But what I did on my iPhone was I rearranged the items on the screen so that my podcasts actually are on that first screen. I sacrificed. I don't know what, photos or something to, to make room for podcasts. So you can rearrange your screen to take advantage of the, the items that you most often use. But, but no, if you want to go back and get podcast. music, you have to go back a little ways. Podcasts. Podcasts. So if I want to get music, I'm now setting at the top level of podcasts. So I can look for playlist. Screen playlist. Songs. Button. Podcasts selected. Podcasts so, songs. But songs. But artists. Button. And I, I've got songs and artists. A little hard to find the buttons there, right at the bottom of the screen. But I'm going to double tap on artist. Artists. So artists. And then I can now playing. Search. Tap, capital A. Go through the list of artists, and I don't know whether you have this option on the iPad or not. But if I look for an artist on the iPhone. What I tend to do is go to the table index, and on the iPhone, you tap the right side of the screen, you get into a table index. Table index. Yes, the iPad does have that at the exact same spot. Okay, and so I can double tap and hold the second tap, hold my finger down, and then select the first letter of the artist that I want to go to. I selected J L M O select P Q R S. Selected. 
T selected. So if I want to go to the artist with the T's, I just chose the T. Traffic. That's the quickest way to get to a particular letter of an artist on the iPhone. And you said you could have done something similar on the iPad, but you had a whole different way because of that different interface of getting to where you wanted to go. Well, the only difference as far as finding one is that I have a much longer list to work with. But yes, I can do the table index the same way that you can. But I think the main difference is just that I don't have to back out of all of those various screens. I can just choose something along the sides. If I was in a podcast, I would have just selected music and I would have been right there with my lists of artists. And I would have just moved down to the bottom then and chosen artists and then gone from there. I wouldn't have had to go back among various screens. I just select something and it's all on this one screen. And the right. only thing that changes is that list that's to the right. Yeah, and that's good for people to understand when you're thinking about these devices. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.